This is from the Kutei Siches Chelik Yud Gimel, Volume 13. Parsha's Matais, Sicha number one. The Parsha discusses vows, the importance of keeping vows, and the system by which a vow may be annulled. And in fact, since the Torah has already previously discussed with great intensity the importance of being honest, telling the truth, keeping your word, the repetition of the laws now is not so much to teach us that we have to keep our vows, because that's self-understood, but rather what's being taught here is the system by which a vow can be annulled when necessary. What's interesting about that is that this mitzvah is being told to the Jewish people at the end of the 40-year period of the desert shortly before they enter into the land of Israel. The difference between the lifestyle of the Jewish people in the desert and the lifestyle of the Jewish people in the land of Israel is that in the desert the Jewish people were living a basically spiritual existence and they were bolstering for 40 years their spiritual health. When they went into Israel, they were living a double identity. They were living a spiritual existence because they still had to be the Jewish people, they had to keep Shabbos, they had to keep kosher, they had to keep all of the mitzvahs, and that keeps you floating a few inches above the earth. But on the other hand, they had to get into the physical, material pursuit of making a living. Many of them were farmers, so they were literally getting their hands dirty, which was very, very different than the way they had been living in the desert. In the desert, their lifestyle was basically miraculous. All their needs were provided miraculously. And once they entered the land of Israel, the miracles became shrouded in the way of nature. And if you wanted water, you had to dig. And if you wanted food, you had to plant. And they had to schwitz. And of course, that is the purpose that God wants from the Jewish people performing the Torah and doing the mitzvahs, is that because of their involvement in the world, their Torah and their mitzvahs will affect the world. So they're internalizing holiness on one end, from one end, because of the Torah and the mitzvahs, and then they're pouring that holiness out the other end into the world because they get involved with the world. They get their hands dirty. And that elevates the materialism and makes it slightly less crass, turns it from something gross into something that can be a vessel for godliness, turns darkness into light. That's the purpose for which God created the world, created the Jewish people and gave them the Torah so that they should occupy themselves faithfully with his world, with the material world, but in a way that will elevate the world. So on the one hand, a Jew is not allowed to disappear in the materialism of the world, is not allowed to permit himself or herself to be swallowed up by the physicality of existence, but rather to use the physical 
and make it holy. On the other hand, a Jew is not allowed to divorce himself from the physical and live a life distanced from all materialism because then all of his or her holiness will come to naught. It will have no effect on the world whatsoever if the person is not connected to the world whatsoever. So the idea of the vows that is being discussed here is vows, the nature of which is that a person prohibits for themselves any kind of pleasure, any kind of food, any kind of pleasure. Obviously not something that's already prohibited by the Torah, like non-kosher food, that's already prohibited, but something that's kosher. A person makes a vow that says, I will not indulge in this kosher pleasure. And this is a double-edged sword, because on the one hand, it's a good thing. It trains a person in impulse control, in self-control. It can help a person become a master over the pleasures of the world instead of being a slave to the pleasures of the world. But on the other hand, if a person is completely cut off from the world and its materialism, then how is the person going to affect the world? So you need to engage, but in a kosher way. So the vows of disengaging from the world are not always a good thing. And especially since the Jews were on the brink of going into Israel, it was not necessarily a good thing to make a vow that you're not going to have anything to do with the, with, uh, with the physical. Now we're starting a period of our history where we are going to elevate, where we are going to pick up the physical. How are you going to pick it up without touching it? So this is the message then of this part of the Torah that our approach to all matters material and physical needs to be one of cautious embrace you need to be cautious because if you're not it'll swallow you up and you can become addicted and become a slave to physical pleasure and then you're doing nobody any good not yourself not the world and not god but on the other hand you need to embrace it you need to embrace it so that you can change it so that you can purify it elevate it make it shine so an approach of cautious embrace means to be thoroughly God-fearing, to be thoroughly knowledgeable of the laws of the Torah as they pertain to any gift. And then to embrace the world with the intention of bringing it closer to God.